Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Clockwork Game Design Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Bergun. Uh, today, we are going to have an old-fashioned um, mechanics and systems design conversation. Not really a conversation, more of a monologue. So in one way, it's going to be a normal sort of episode in that it's going to be very um, systems-oriented, but in another way, it's going to be kind of strange because I'm just going to be talking about this one game that I've recently put out on Steam. It's available now on Steam in early access and on itch.io. And it's called Escape the Omnocronom. And I'm going to say that word a few times so that uh, if you're curious to learn how to say it yourself, um, you can hear it again and again and it'll start to stick. I haven't been put out an episode in a while because I've been like really hitting the grindstone on getting this game out on Steam, and now I'm still really hitting it hard in terms of trying to get it to an actual release. Uh, but I'm also getting some feedback and sort of stepping back a little bit and really trying to figure out what's important and how I can get this game to a place where, I don't know, it could be like fun to play. <laughs> I think that would be that would be kind of nice. First, I'm going to talk about what the game is supposed to be. Now, if you haven't been following uh, this game, Escape the Omnocronom, it was formerly called Push the Lane. It also had other names before that. But don't worry. Hopefully, um, even if you have no idea how this game works or anything, I'm going to try to explain uh, everything. And I'm gonna, and even if you do know how the game works, um, it's going to be worth listening to this because I'm going to be talking not about how the game works right now, but how the game is intended to work, how I envision it working uh, later on once I've added everything I want to add to it. So it's a turn-based uh, game, single-player game. So picture like a roguelike, except instead of going down these dungeons and, and these randomly generated mazes and just fighting monsters... Instead, there's like these three lanes and you're out in this sort of relatively open area and there's an item shop and you're going out and you're pushing these lanes by attacking towers and attacking minions, enemy minions, similar to like a Dota type of game. And you're blowing up these towers and you're pushing these lanes out for your minions to get them out further. Other than that, you're collecting items, you're casting spells, that's the basic thing. But the basic gameplay is kind of like a roguelike uh, input mechanism. So, you know, you have four directional movement and you press, you know, towards an adjacent monster to attack them. That sort of stuff. You have stats uh, like health, attack damage, uh, armor, uh, magic damage, and magic resist. It's pretty simple in terms of stats. And then there's buffs you can get. A lot of items have active abilities on them that just add to the tactical layer somewhat. Now, the other thing that's different about this game from other games I've made before is I'm also really focusing a lot on long arcs. So the map is quite big. It takes a good 20, 30 turns to cross it, maybe 40 turns to really go from one end to the other. Actually, the size of the map is about 50 by 50, just so you have a sense uh, how many tiles the size of the map is and your base is in the middle. And uh, so, yeah, going down one lane takes you, you know, 25 turns if you have no interruptions, but you always do. There's monsters spawning everywhere. There's like obstacles in the way, that sort of thing. So that that's more or less where we are now in terms of the development. And it's I personally don't think and I think most people agree uh, that have played it right now. It's not very fun. 
Um, and we'll get into why that is uh, later on. But um, it's it's definitely not like super fun right now. So now I'm going to jump into how the game, how I envision the game getting to be fun and what the game will be. Um, of course, already there is a single player ELO in there and we have a few different modes. We'll, we'll come back and talk to talk about the modes at the end. But um, a couple things that are missing right now, uh, big things that are really missing that I think make the game not work as well as it should. Uh, other than just like balance and polish, which are obviously uh, going to help a lot. One is that the zones, there's, so when the map is generated, it uh, chooses a few different zones. So each lane is inside of a, uh, like a tile set. So it could be like a grass tile set or a metal tile set or like a temple tile set. And there's these different tile sets and the tile sets cause different kinds of monsters to spawn there. Now, right now that doesn't happen, but that's what's going to happen. There's going to be different kinds of monsters there and the monsters will, um, do different things and you'll so you'll be like oh wow there's two temple uh zones on this one i think i should start itemizing towards that somewhat or oh wow this map is all grassland which i know has this one kind of monster so therefore i should start itemizing against that um or i should start you know playing a little more defensively or i should start playing a little more um rush style or whatever um those things will be like these loose cues uh clues or i guess cues yeah um at uh letting the player know what they should perhaps be going for um and that's right at the beginning of the game you see that so that's that's a really big thing that's missing but uh yeah i mean so the way i see it happening this the the game working is you know you start out and you look at the uh, map generation a little bit and you start moving around and you're like, okay, so since this zone is like temple zone, that's a little harder. So I'm going to go to this grassland zone and start pushing this lane a little bit, maybe unlock a couple of chests. There's chests along the lane as you, as your, your minions get further down the lane, they unlock these chests, which unlock stuff for you, get you more resources. Then you like maybe come back to base maybe defend one of the two of the other lanes a little bit, grab an item at the base maybe, and then you take a look at the situation and you're like, okay, well that item I just got, that'll help me a lot against that temple zone type monster. So I'm going to go in there now. And then you go there and you start doing that. Maybe you push that temple zone uh, lane all the way out. And as you've done that, it starts unlocking these guardian monsters. That's, that's one thing I didn't talk about. So there's towers, and you're blowing up these towers as you're pushing down the lanes. Um, and each tower, um, not every tower, but about half the towers on the side lanes, there's three lanes, a left lane, a, left lane, a right lane, and a top lane. And um, the, the side lanes, the objective of the game, I should also mention, kind of important, push the top lane all the way out. If you push, If you get one of your minions all the way to the end of the top lane, you win. The way to lose is your base gets destroyed by like minions pushing in too much on your base or you uh, you run out of lives. So you get killed three times. I think right now it's four times in the game, but I think that's one too many. So we'll make that three times. Yeah. So there's two loss conditions, one win condition. So but sometimes you want to push out those side lanes because there's a big treasure chest at the end and it'll have a really powerful uh, item in there. And um, so you, you push that out. And uh, you get that really strong item. Now you have like this power spike. So now you have an op a choice, another choice to make. 
And as you're going there, by the way, you constantly have this choice of like, do I go back or do I keep pushing? Um, so, so yeah, there, there's a few questions there, strategic questions that the player has while they're pushing lanes. Like, do I keep pushing this lane? It's sort of like a push your luck sort of thing, but it's not luck. It's more of like taking a look at the mini map, seeing what's happening, seeing your build and everything else that's going on and, and, and trying to make a decision. Then once you do get that side lane pushed all the way, you can decide to push the other lane or, um, try to just go for the win. And so a lot of this game is about finding, or at least in theory, uh, it's about finding the win window. Sometimes a window to win will come up rather early. Sometimes it'll come up in the mid, lane, mid game, and sometimes it'll come up at the end game. The best players will be able to identify those, that win window and take it when it comes up. I should also mention that um, as the game progresses, all of the monsters are getting stronger and stronger just linearly over time. So, you know, um, you uh, it's going to get really rough uh, and you need to sort of find the win window in there before you lose, <laughs> obviously. Um, one kind of interesting thing, uh, if you've uh, read my article about, uh, you know, the whole triangle, the strategic triangle, the rushdown, uh, defense and econ. One thing that I'm doing differently is uh, I think most uh, designers, including myself in the past, would make it just that the enemy power just scales and scales and scales indefinitely. And so eventually the player is going to lose. And that's a safe way to do it. And ultimately I might end up doing that. But right now I think what I'm doing actually is the enemy power scales up to a very, very high point but then it flattens. And the reason for that is that uh, there's a defense uh, win strategy that involves surviving that whole thing and then continuing to grow just a little bit at the end more than the computer and just sort of wearing it out and ending. So that's like the long arc. And if you look at um, that article that I wrote um, on my site, keithbergun.net, you'll see the, the different charts. There's uh, three different charts, one for rushdown, one for econ, and one for defense. And you'll see that in order for the defense strategy to work, there can't be an infinite uh, growth for the enemy power. So it'll like flatten out at a certain point. So anyway, that's how I sort of envisioned this game working. I envisioned it being like, you start up, you look at the zones, maybe you, you push a little bit of one lane and it's a matter it's always a matter of like do I defend some lanes or do I go back to to purchase an item which item do I purchase um do I push this lane or that lane um and then I also have this whole other thing in the game that I'm not sure what to do with yet which is the jungle beneath beneath the map there's this whole other area that I want to use for something I'm not totally sure what I feel like it's the kind of thing that could factor into any strategy like a rush or an econ or a defense strategy if used properly um but i'm not exactly sure how to do that i'm actually not gonna i don't plan on solving that anytime soon so yeah that that's that's more or less what i intend the game to be there should be there's different characters there's also this whole deck building mechanism which is kind of a subtle mechanism but it's it's in there and it will matter there's also now there's different three different modes right now there's um play mode which allows you to choose your character and allows you to build your customized deck. And but and it is ranked, so it'll have the single-player ELO system, like from Oro. And then uh, there is a quick play mode, which 
gives you a random character and doesn't allow you to use the uh, deck at all. You have no cards. That whole system is just removed. And then you also have a custom game mode where you can uh, choose your rank, choose your character, and it's not, uh, it doesn't track your wins and losses. So that's like sort of an exhibition mode where you can just try out specific things. So that's what we have right now. And yeah, so uh, hopefully you have some idea of what I'm getting at with this thing. I, I kind of want there to be like, I want it to feel a little bit like, um, like a roguelike, but also have the strategy layer of a Dota type of game without any of the you know having to deal with other players aspect of of dota type of game so that's what the game will ideally hopefully be the thing is i've been making this game a long time now it started in about 2015 really there was five distinct phases for this game the first one was way different than what it is now it was originally this like um almost more like a game like threes like sliding these tiles around then I had this weird um, sideways, like, L-shaped level with, like, this Battle Blast theme. Um, and that had very abstract art, but actually not a very uh, video gamey Dota. It was like I was making, like, a turn-based Dota, a single player. Much more one-to-one, -one, but it was also really weird. And then Push the Lane, which was the one that I tried to kickstart. That one, I started developing a visual style for it, which was pretty cool. That's where Tenor came about. Um, I got a character designer involved, uh, helping me with designing characters. And uh, that's where the you had the gems that would combine and increase their value. It was a neat little system, but it just didn't really work. <laughs> and then I had Push the Lane, the second phase of Push the Lane, where we got the map that looks a lot like the one we have now. And we had the weird monsters like the potato and stuff. I, I still am proud of those french fry animations, if anyone saw those. When you kill the potato, french fries, like a McDonald's french fries, flies out of it. And uh, I miss that animation. And then finally, Escape the Omnocronom is the latest version. And that's what we're doing now. But the point is that it's been like all these like big, almost design resets. And I've invested so much. And... You know, there's it's kind of scary because it's like it, this is just the hugest project I've ever worked on by a large factor. Honestly, it's like uh, probably the second biggest game I've ever worked on was 100 Rogues. And this is like really when it's done, it's going to be like three or four times the size of 100 Rogues on every axis, really. So it's um it's very intimidating and uh, it, it's been good getting the game out. It has... You know, I've gotten a little bit of feedback. I wish I got more feedback, but I also understand why I haven't gotten much more feedback because it's it's hard to give feedback for this thing in the same way that it's hard for me to assess it as a thing. It's hard for other people to do it as well, I think. So I'm asking these big questions about like, why am I making this thing? You know, I have experience making roguelikes. Um, I mean, I guess the number one reason is I want to make a game. I want to make a game that expresses something that I feel like I have to express that other people wouldn't make. And I do think this succeeds in that. I think this is this is a unique sort of system. I don't think other people are making things like this, uh, really. Actually, so much so that it might be a problem in and of itself. Uh, I do think that it's it's very strange. Stranger than it seems, maybe even at first. You know, I do like, I like League of Legends and I do want to um, do something with that strategy 
thing that it does. I also want to make a game to live in. Like, I've been thinking of this game as, like, my, I don't know, like, my Dwarf Fortress or my just thing that I can keep updating and updating and updating forever and have it be, like, my baby, you know what I mean? Um, and have, maybe it doesn't even have a lot of players. It just has a, you know, a, I don't know, few dozen players, but, and that play it routinely, but, um, you know, I keep adding to it and tweaking it and balancing it and changing it. And, uh, it's just, uh, you know, for me as a game designer, I feel like it's good to just like have this thing. I mean, part of it is I'm just so frustrated that I can't update a hundred rogues. I can't update Oro, these things that I worked so hard on and I can't update them. And, and I want to have a thing that's just mine and I can, I don't have to worry about, whether I will like lose access to updating them, there's not going to be any technological or legal problems with, um, you know, being able to change their rules or do whatever. So that's what I think is cool about it. But, you know, then I have these like horrible moments of feelings of doubt, like, um, you know, maybe this just doesn't work. Maybe this is just a bad idea for some reason. Maybe there's just something fundamentally weird about this, or maybe it could be made to work, but it's just going to take so much effort and just man hours to get it to a place that work that it'll work, that it's just not worth it. Like, I think a lot about making other kinds of systems and like, you know, like making an RPG or making a straight up roguelike or making a tactical uh, game of some kind like a squad-based XCOM-y kind of game even. I don't know, I just feel like the enjoyment model of a lot of those kind of things, like the way that people enjoy it, the way that people understand their enjoyment of it is just so accessible and it's right there. Even stuff like platformers and stuff and visual novels, like people get it, you know? Like right when they see it, they're like, okay, I understand like how I'm going to be interacting with this and how this is going to be fun. And I feel sometimes I'm like, it's maybe it's just going to be too hard to get this to that point, um, especially given how much I've already put into it and, you know, how much there still left is left to do. So, um, you know, I have those feelings of doubt sometimes, but I also feel like, you know, I, I have a good amount of Patreon supporters and, and I want to do something to show, you know, kind of like... Um, give something back and, and kind of have there be an actualization of, of a lot of the stuff that I write at, write about. You know, at the very least, I want this thing to come to a point where I can say, yes, this is what I meant when I wrote all those articles. And so, um, you know, I've, I've been trying to get some feedback recently. I, I put the game out. It's uh, some people bought it. It's got a, right now, as the time of this recording, it's got about 40 units sold on Steam and another 20 or so on itch, which honestly, that's all better than I expected. And it's, it's staying pretty, pretty, uh, consistent at about one sale a day to one or two sales a day, which is cool. I'm like happy with that. If I can, if that can keep going, I'd be super pleased. You know, I, I made a poll, um, and I asked uh, on my forum and my discord for some feedback. A few people private messaged me and gave me uh, message messages and gave me a lot of in-depth thoughts about the game which was really useful you know as always people give conflicting feedback but there's like something at the core there's a few core things and so that's what i'm going to talk about next is um what do i do for this game going forward there's like three major um things that i want to do 
to to make this game better. And and these also reflect uh, some feedback that I got from various people. One is to make the tactical game more interesting. First, I should say that like we can definitely go too far with this. Like we don't want to make it that um, players can just win by being good at the tactics in the way that. Uh, you know, in a game with a lot of execution, a strategy game that has a lot of execution can allow players to just win by having better execution. We don't want that to happen with the tactical layer. With that said, right now, the tactical layer is like almost nothing. There's like very, very little in the way of tactics. And I think that's, we're probably too far that that direction, too little tactics. So I have a few solutions in mind for how to make the tactical game a little bit more interesting, some of which I already plan to do and some of which are already a solution to a different problem. But like, uh, so for example, more monster types and having the monster types actually mean something. Right now we only have two monsters. We have a skeleton and a slime. And the only difference is that the skeleton has more stats. Like he just has more attack damage and more um, health. And that's it. Um, so we that's that's a big one. Um, a second one is spawning monsters in groups rather than one at a time. Right now they spawn just once, like one single solo monster, and that's also a factor. Um, a third issue is um, we may need to give players one more ability. Right now player uh, the player characters have three abilities. I can easily see increasing that to four, and this is a good time to do it because we've only got two characters right now, fully functional characters. And it could be something really simple, but we just need something short that players can use pretty frequently. I have a lot of the cooldowns rather long right now because, um, A, I find that um, in this game you end up making um, a lot of... Uh, turns are very cheap in this game. Like, you, you pass turns rather quickly, um, and you pass a lot of them. Uh, so, like, to move, you know, from like, you let's say you push out a lane and then you go back, like, you know back to base you've just passed like 12 20 turns so turns go by pretty fast so that's why that's one reason why it's important to have some cooldowns on like high up but but i do think maybe we need one more ability we'll see about that another thing is like with item actives might also mitigate that um somewhat we're gonna also increase the um the number of item slots i think by two so right now you have six item slots we're thinking of increasing that to to eight and then uh, one other little thing that uh, might actually help a little bit is right now I think the player has four cards in hand in the card system, and I think I'm going to reduce that to just three. Uh, just And that's just to make it easier to track what you have in your hand, and uh, for when you have um, actives, it'll be a little easier to... Um, see that and realize that that's that's not going to make the tactical game much more interesting but it'll just that's more of a clarity issue i guess so that's the first thing is the making the tactical game more interesting and there's other things we can do too for sure um the guardians need to be a little bit more um interesting those are the strong monsters that spawn when uh when you destroy towers and uh and then also uh, the zones themselves have obstacles and those also need to be a little more interesting. We have like a conveyor belt for the machine. The machine zone right now is the most interesting because it has these cubes that you can push back by attacking them and it has these vents that if you stand on them or if monsters stand on them, they take damage. I also want to have a conveyor belt uh, tile that like you can step on and zip to the end of. And then temple also needs its own weird things. I don't know what exactly, but... 
the idea is that all of the zones have their own doodads and interactable objects that uh, change what it means to be in that zone and change the tactics. So yeah, that's making the tactical game more interesting, which I don't think is the most important thing, but I, I think we need to do a little bit of that for sure. All right, the second big thing is trying out different strategies. Uh, the player, when they finish a match, I want them to be able to say like, man, hmm, I wonder what it's like if I go for blankety blank instead of this thing that I did this time. So one, one, one way we can solve that is right now there's not enough choice in the item shop. You only have like, I think, um, is it like 12 or 15 items for sale? And I think that's probably just not enough. We're redesigning the UI right now. So um, I'm going to allow the player to have a lot more choice in the items that get generated at the shop. And also I'm going to have um, two more item slots. So the player can do a little bit more with the item system. And if they want to just like buy, you know, swords and stuff like that, they, they can just do that. Um, so they can just like focus on attack damage, for example. Because right now the item system really doesn't give the player any choice at all. I think that in you know games like Dota, it gives the player too much choice, and that's why you have these like fixed builds. Uh, but in this game, the value of item they all scale randomly; they generate randomly. And when you combine the random generation of the items and the random scaling of the items with the random map generation. Uh, and different characters, I think there's going to be enough um, sort of variation in the valuation that um, there's not going to be these fixed builds, hopefully. Um, and then also for trying out different strategies, you do have different characters. Hopefully that'll be that'll be part of it. Um, but then there's a couple of like maybe things that we could do. One is, you know, we could add levels like character levels to this game and allow players to sort of level up their abilities in the way that, you know, League and Dota do. Um, I'm not crazy about that. I've always found that to be a bit awkward in all these games, but um, that is something that would allow players to try out different strategies more if the items don't do it. Another thing is um, some kind of tower upgrade system where you like either build new towers around your base or you um, upgrade towers. Um, I don't. I don't love the idea of upgrading towers, but I do think that maybe building towers around the map may may make sense as a a core kind of mechanism. And one reason for that, and actually, I didn't. I should have mentioned this in the um, in the tactical game, sort of, but. Um, in, in the uh, in the section I just went through on in making the game more tactically interesting, the idea of having so right now your towers only a shoot at um, and enemy minions, but if your towers were to shoot at monsters too, that would mean that you have like these zones of safety, and as you lost your towers, you were like losing zone of safety, and that's kind of interesting. So I think I might I'm gonna per be pursuing that as a possibility, and um. What I could see is like um, maybe when you destroy enemy towers, you get like a, a tower, like a some kind of like tower orb or something. And then it lets you build a tower in any spot you want. And that might be kind of cool because it could allow you to like have some more long arc influence over like what, what parts of the map are safe, what parts of the map are getting pushed and that sort of thing. Um so that's, that's something to think about. 
Um, but I think that just with the more items in the shop, that should be enough for the trying out different strategies. Plus, you do have the deck building thing, which once that's a little more fleshed out, that might work. Uh, and that might help with that as well. And then finally, you have uh, making each match feel unique. Um, and that's sort of related to trying out different strategies, but I think it's a little different because it's more about like what um, what happens in the in the game and uh, the input randomness. Because I think that yeah, the the problem this has a similar problem that Oro had, where every match sort of feels the same because you get the same stuff generating. And but this is even worse because it doesn't have enough content even really for one generation, let alone multiple. So one of those is making the zones matter more because if the zones matter more, then oh wow, look at this match! I got all temple zones. This is going to be weird. You know what I mean? Um, that sort of thing. Um, another thing is uh, having more items is going to make matches feel unique. So like if we had some weird item that like spawned a bunch of like skeleton monsters that to that are ally helpers, that would be something that would really make that match feel strange and different. Um, there's all kinds of weird things that items could do. Um, like if you just look at like the stuff that um, we're going to go through like the net hack list of items and see if we can like steal some good ideas from there. Um, and then finally, like if that's not enough, like maybe we could have some kind of random event system where like, I don't know, turn 35 or turn 350, something happens and it, it there's like an announcement that it's like red alert mode and now this one lane is pushing really hard and i don't know um some special monster gets released or you you know i don't know what exactly i haven't put much thought into that yet but that's that and i don't love that idea because it's kind of ham-fisted but that's the kind of thing we could do if we need to so anyways um that's pretty much the extent of where I am in terms of thinking about this uh, game and where it needs to go, where it is right now. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would love to get some more feedback from you guys. I mean, you know, because there is a question of like, how, how much do I dive headlong into this? Like how, like I, I, I can't stop working on it. And I don't want to stop working on it. I mean, sometimes I do want to stop working on it. This is this is this is kind of the phase in development where it's tempting to just like stop and start working on something else. I also it's also the phase where you're like so close. I feel like we're just like one or two significant patches away from it being really fun and really cool. So I don't know. Uh, tell me what you guys think. I would love to hear some of your in-depth thoughts on the game. Of course, you can try it out. If you don't want to purchase the game, uh, but you want to give me your thoughts, just and let me know, and I can easily send you a key um, on Steam or on Itch. If you already bought the game on Itch, by the way, you can get a Steam key. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much... That concludes the Escape the Omnacronom aspect of this um, of this podcast. I have a couple more things to talk about real quick. One is, of course, thank you to the Patreon patrons who have made this, made everything I'm doing possible. It means a lot to me, and thank you so much. Second, um, I, I do have a uh, card game that uh, I have a digital prototype for um, Splash Clash on Lake Street, which is really coming along. It kind of had a big overhaul. Now it's like, it's looking like amazing. I can't wait to show you guys. Um, and it's just going to be great. There's going to be bots. 
We're going to have uh, some kind of online multiplayer, and it's just going to be really interesting um, to see how that goes. I haven't done a multiplayer game before. And then uh, I also have a tabletop card game that's like a party game. It wouldn't be a digital... I'm not going to make a digital version of it. It's kind of like The Resistance or um, one of those traitor games. And that's going really well. Like, I just made that on a lark, kind of. But it, I was playtesting it a lot at the end of the summer. And uh, it was just going really, really well. So I'm excited for that one as well. And, uh, yeah, that's those are mostly most of the updates. Um, I do have a couple of draft articles in the works. But I don't know when I'm going to finish on them. And other than that, it's mostly just Omnocronom right now. Of course, I do also have stuff with Jelly with Dino Farm and Jelly Bomber. Um, you should definitely check out um, Jelly Bomber is going to be coming out September 5th. So just a few days after this po- podcast episode airs, you can check out Jelly Bomber on uh, Steam. Right now it's available on itch.io. So definitely check that out. And um, on the 8th, um, we're getting together to discuss the next big dino farm project. So that's going to be really, really interesting. I don't know what that next project is going to be right now. And that's sort of by design. I don't want, I want to collaborate more. Um, I think that's also part of my half hesitation about, um, I'm is that it's, totally my brainchild like I completely decided what this thing was going to be at every stage it's completely like my baby and that's like there's something cool about that but there's also something bad about that and and I think I really realized that um from my experience with Oro which also was like very much my brainchild um is that Oro ended up being this thing that I Keith Bergun super super love and that a lot of people just kind of don't get or, you know, it just doesn't really connect for them. And I think, you know, part of what's important for art and for um, games is making something that's a little more rounded, that has a little bit more going on. Um, and it's not to say, you know, that you should try all that all games need to be like World of Warcraft or something where it's this big amusement park and it has something for everyone. Um, but it is to say that even if you have a very like pointed kind of game, um, that it's not too pointed that it, you know, like take a civilization or XCOM or something like that. Some of these games, which are, you know, pretty close to strategy games as far as PC games go, but they still have this simulation thing, the element to them too, that the players can also get into. And, they have like high score systems and they have like all these other things, other ways to play with them. And, you know, from a formal perspective, sure, those things can be like a distraction from the main uh way to play the game. And they can even conflict with that and confuse players sometimes. But um, in practice, I think that it's the kind of thing that will allow more players to kind of step into what you're doing you know story is another thing that um that that rounds out a system and so i want to make something more rounded i want to make something that's more of a combination of different people's thinking um not just my own and so i'm excited about that next dino farm project and the next project i make too is going to be that way as well 
So yeah, that, that pretty much, uh, is about all I needed to talk about today. Um, thank you for listening. And, uh, do I have any other news? I don't think I do at this time, but, uh, stay tuned to my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Keith And of course you can always, uh, visit my website at keithbergon.net where you can come chill with me and everyone on the discord and the uh, forums and have nice conversations about game design oh the game design book club is happening in fact we got to start a new vote tomorrow and or actually we should start it now but um yeah come on by and play some games and make some games and i would love to see what you're working on as well we have a community uh game forum where people post their community games that they're working on and get feedback for them and it works pretty well so you should come by thank you so much for listening and i will see you next time